everybody. Uh, thank you for that lovely welcome. Newt, it's so nice for uh, Hamilton to be supported here today. Uh, so kia ora, I'm Anna. Um, it's nice to see you all here this morning. And it sure would be nice for us all to get acquainted, uh, but that would probably take the time of my sermon, which, not gonna lie, would be strategic on my behalf, and would walk away having learnt a new face and a new name. Um, but to save us all the time, to relax us all in, and that's mainly myself, like, so I know everything's here. Simply on the count of three, I just want you to say your name out loud. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, lovely to meet you all. What a lovely collective name you all make. Um, and a warm welcome to those who are joining in online or wherever you find your podcasts. And I hope where you are, you've also said your name out loud because the thought of someone just saying their name out loud in the car or to their laptop just fills me with true joy. Uh, now that we've got to know each other, how do we chuckle? Uh, we can really get stuck into today. Uh, thank you, David, for the lovely reading. What a treat this series has been. We've covered I am the bread of life, I am the gate, I am the resurrection, the life, I am the good shepherd, I am the vine, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And today we conclude with I am the light of the world. This final I am statement is a pretty bold one. But I mean, they all are, really. No one goes around saying they are bread. I go around saying I want bread, like a daily bread sourdough or garlic bread. No one says, I am the gate. How would you even respond to that? It's not something to take offense over, uh, pun intended. Wow, it's like a little stand-up comment. <laughs> it actually got more laugh than I thought it would. Like, it's like, pause for laugh. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> you can say you're a shepherd if farming is your profession and you're, like, pretty good at it. But other than that, the others of bold calls for us to say, and not to mention perhaps a bit odd as well. And then to say... I am the light of the world. Like Jesus, bro, have you looked up at the sun? That does a pretty good job of lighting the world. How can a person claim to be that? But then again, Jesus doesn't claim things uh, to be as they are in the way we mere mortals might comprehend. Light is a huge theme in the Bible. The very first documented words of God were, let there be light, and boom. I mean, what I'd give to be there at the beginning of creation for so many reasons, but one, to see the Father, Son, S-O-N, and Spirit, three in one, doing their Trinity thing, watching God the Father say, let there be light, and then the Spirit is hovering over the darkness that is awaiting creation, and then here comes the Son, S-U-N, and the Son, S-O-N, if you're with me, just sitting there being like, this isn't even the fullness of what this world will experience one day. They have no idea what's coming. And he isn't even referring to Beetlejuice, the red giant. Like our sons literally got nothing on other sons, but it does a good job. And the theme of light carries on through scripture in so many ways, starting at Genesis all the way to Revelation. And much like the way the light of the sun travels and covers the earth, this is massive terrain to cover. And I will only scratch the surface of one particular way to read about light in scripture. But even so, we'll see some truth come to light as we look at how Jesus lights the world. Because that's the thing about light, it reveals. Something might be revealed to you today or lead you along another beam of life that illuminates something afresh of God for you. Um, but let's journey together this morning and see what comes to light, hey? 
but I'm going to pray. <laughs> Me and Oitato. Uh, Father, you are good. And you are light in its fullness. Um, we are here to be your lights in the world around us, to see your kingdom come and for the renewal of all things. May you uh, shed light to us today, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's start with seeing what's happening when Jesus says this profound I am statement. As out of the blue it is to say, I am the light of the world, where we find these words in the story of Jesus' ministry seems just as peculiar. John 8 starts with the famous passages of Jesus saving the woman caught in adultery. In the moment the story concludes, we hear these profound words from Christ, I am the light of the world. And I think it would be remiss of us to leave these as two separate scenarios simply because of the paragraph break and not see the light of Christ in action the very moment he stood up for the woman when the crowd wanted to see her receive a different fate. Jesus the light, stepped into a very dark situation. Leslie Newbigin says, when the light shines in the darkness, it cannot prove itself to be light except by shining. And the beauty of this biblical scene makes me draw on another quote um, from Anne Frank that says, look at how a single candle can both defy and define the darkness. A single light has this double impact of defying and defining darkness. And in this moment of Jesus shining as the light of the God in the darkness of the world, he does both of these things. Jesus, the light, defined the darkness. Jesus saw into the deeper, darker meaning behind what the accusers of the woman were really asking when they asked what should happen to her. He saw the inner darkness, unseen but felt, that rested in the hearts of the accusing voices around her. By condemning the woman, they were really trying to trap Jesus. They didn't really care about the fate of the woman. In their minds, her fate was sealed because of the law, and they wanted to see if Jesus would keep it. They wanted to catch him out. He saw this and defined the darkness in their hearts by calling out their hypocrisy. Jesus, the light, also defied the darkness. He defied the stoning of a woman caught in an act that gave her the death sentence. He showed her mercy. And by doing so, his light of love defied people coldly killing her when they too were sinners, as they well knew. His light defied the rule of darkness. And no doubt the light that Jesus shed in that moment as he defined darkness and defied its power went on to start its own trail of glowing embers. Imagine the woman walking away from this scene, having locked eyes with the light of the world, having experienced such beautiful justice mingled with mercy and grace. As he told her to go and sin no more, he also gave her the opportunity to live in the light herself. To receive such light does something to us. I don't think any of us would leave unchanged from a moment like that. Because that's the power of light. It transforms us. And as it transforms us, it helps us shed light to others. Leo Tolstoy says, just as one candle can light another candle and can light thousands of other candles, so one heart illuminates another heart and can illuminate thousands of other hearts. The power of a light igniting another light 
really has the power to change a room, a city, a nation, the world. If we were to turn the lights off, oh, cue turning the lights off, thank you. We can't actually do the stage ones, which is so fine. And I was to put the light on my torch on, I don't think it would really do a lot. Um, it's probably quite annoying for you guys to look at. But if Erica was to join me, and rocks, yeah, oh, or the big lights, no, yeah, and the others that I've asked to start putting their lights on, mm, suddenly, it's not such a small thing anymore. Thank you, team. We may resume our normal light program. Starting to feel like I was at an Adele concert, which is cool. So now imagine that same earlier scene with the woman, but there was someone else standing up for her. Not seeing her as a pawn to use in a theological power game, but as one made in the image of the creator, deserving of grace and mercy and capable of living in the light. Made, in fact, in the image of holiness and light. What if Jesus didn't shine alone? What if he had other lights around him? How much dimmer would the darkness be as it was defined and defied room to breathe? That's the role of Christian discipleship. Jesus gathered disciples so that the light of God on earth would multiply. We light the world. We are called to light up the rooms we find ourselves in because this is the only I am statement in scripture where it says we who follow Jesus are said to be the same as him. Not only is Jesus the light of the world, but in Matthew's gospel, Jesus says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It is so bold of me to say, I am the light of the world, because according to the words of Jesus the Messiah, I am. Newt is the light of the world. Jason is the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You, the people in the seats that I look at, you online tuning in right now, you as a believer in Christ are the light of the world. I am not the bread of life, but like you, I am a fellow beggar who daily consumes the bread of life to be sustained, to work and shine in partnership with Jesus in this world and proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Sorry, it's actually quite emotional too, so it's fine. I am not the gate, but I enter through the gate to walk the narrow path with Jesus and light the way so that others too can find the gate that leads to life eternal. I am not the good shepherd. Like you, I am a sheep of his flock, grazing in his pastures under his care and watchful eye. I am not the resurrection and the life, but my life and its daily decisions are guided by the one who leads me from death to life so that I can shine light to those who are dying and in darkness. I am not the way, the truth, and the life. I'm guided along the way, followed by, like, I'm following along the way, guided by the truth, and the light that leads to life. I am not the vine. 
I'm a branch connected to the vine, to the source of life, engrafted into this family of faith so that I too can bear fruit. But of this I can say with biblical assurance, I am the light of the world. I can say that because I live in Christ and in the love of the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit that fills me with light, that makes me light. And with this same assurance, you too can say, I am the light of the world. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says, and all of us with unveiled faces, seeing the glory of God as though reflected in a mirror, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord, the Spirit. As followers of Jesus, we radiate the glory of God in this life. And so with this enlightened sense of purpose, how are we meant to go out there and shine? Our lights we shine like Jesus aren't physical. We're not gonna suddenly radiate like Pixies or Edward Cullen in Twilight, as cool as that would be. But it's about allowing the inner light that God has placed within us, the presence of his spirit within each of us to shine outwardly through our Christ-like lives. The light of our lives lived in obedience to God draws people to the light. And to help us learn from Jesus how to do that well, we're gonna study a famous painting. This famous painting of Jesus knocking at the door, aptly entitled The Light of the World by artist William Holman Hunt. This painting is world-renowned and is often called a sermon in a frame. I think if I would have just asked us to simply stare at this for 20 minutes, Jesus would reveal a lot to each of us. This picture garnered immense excitement as it traveled the globe, and at its time of travel, it's estimated that four-fifths of Australians' population saw this piece of art, saw this Jesus with a lantern knocking. This image drew people in, but I think it's because it's nothing flash, nothing spectacular, but it's a warm, homely light, the one that speaks of deep conversations over wine and food at the table for hours, the place where people can put their defenses down and be seen and acknowledged for the fullness of who they are. Jesus disarms us. To draw people to God like Jesus it does is to welcome them warmly and help them gently lower their defenses towards him. His eyes are those that say, those who haven't sinned can cast the first stone and neither do I condemn you. I don't judge as the world judges. We draw people to God by refusing to judge and having these same sets of eyes to see those around us. And to me, Jesus' eyes also have a look of sorrow, as if this is his fifth or sixth house he is knocking at, just hoping for someone to open the door. Not everyone we meet will open up to the Jesus that we know. To light the way to Jesus is to face rejection just as he did. And as you'll see, if you look closely, Jesus cannot enter himself. The door must be open to him. There is no door handle. The love, grace, and friendship of Jesus can never come by force. This really is, oh, it's, sorry. It shows that to shine, it doesn't have to be bright. It sometimes isn't anything spectacular. Sometimes it's shining and the door isn't opened, but shining still for the one who will open the door to Jesus. It really is a sermon in a frame. 
And as we shine our God-given lights in our workplaces, homes, and cities, may we remember that we shine not in our own strength. Without me, you can do nothing, says Jesus. A candle needs a flame to light it. Oil lamps need refueling. Heck, the torch on your phone is only useful if you've got a charged battery. Light your candle, refuel the oil, charge your battery through time and the word of God, through prayer and scripture and meditation, through fellowship and communion. The night before Jesus dealt mercifully with the woman caught in adultery and challenged those trying to trap him, John tells us that Jesus retreated to the Mount of Olives, his place of solace to be with the Father, to commune as true light from true light, as the Nicene Creed calls him, one with the Father. When we too withdraw to connect with Christ in scriptures and in prayers, we become true light, connecting with true light, being lit again to go and light the world for others. And our lights will all look different. I don't think William painted that picture expecting it to become one of the most traveled pieces of art. He would have just painted it because he knew it's what he needed to do. He needed to paint Jesus as he saw him. And that was William shining his light into the world. And maybe your light is in the arts too. Just go create and shine and do what you're called to do as best you can. Who knows how others around you can be blessed by it. On the week I started noting just ideas down for where this talk could go, my eyes were open to seeing light even more clearly than before. When we realize again that we are all light and called to shine, the world does look different. I went with Baker Pip and we went and saw the movie Sound of Freedom, which is about rescuing people from human trafficking. And that movie, wow in itself, it deserves a whole nother sermon. I I'm a talker and I don't think Pip and I really said a word on the way to the car. That says a lot. Um, but when it came to the credits list, I've never been so in awe after a movie and the fight they went through for it not only to be made but shown globally. These names were lights that illuminated a very dark conversation. And they did it because they knew the world needed their light to help light theirs in this fight and pursuit of justice. I saw those names, those people shine brighter than I might have before I started digging deeper into what Jesus has to say in this profound I am statement. We remember then that as we are called to shine, everyone else is too. And the world becomes a much brighter place when your eyes are looking at the light in others as well as your own. But this week I do encourage you to take some time and reflect on the light that Jesus has asked you to shine in this world. Maybe your light is being a friend, a spouse, a colleague, a classmate. Go and shine in your friendships, your marriages, your workplaces and schools by showing up as Jesus would, by loving, forgiving, serving and blessing those around you. Shine and draw people to Jesus and invite them to the table to also eat from the bread of life and drink from the cup that cleanses them as we are about to collectively do soon. Bring them to experience the mercy, grace, and truth of the one that says, I don't judge as the world judges. Bring them to the one who doesn't pick up stones to throw, but instead gives his life for the world so that it would no longer be in darkness. As the childhood song says, 
this little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let us shine to defy and define the darkness in the world around us. Let us shine to draw others to the light that leads to life in its fullness. Let us shine, even if it means shining alone when all is dark. The power of one light can do so much, but more power is found in the light of many. So let's shine together. And the light can only prove to be light by shining. Otherwise, we are merely under a bushel when we are called to be a city on a hill. The many living out their God-given call to go and be the light of the world so that the world may know God. What a bright place we can make this world to be. Thank you, team, so much. As we uh, come into a time of ministry and worship, I just really wanna encourage you that this is a time that we can start refueling the lamps, lighting the candle again. Let's come and connect as true light, connecting with true light and, and light one another. Um, I'm just gonna pray as we enter that. Father, you are light in the fullness of all things. Father, speak to us today how we can go and be lights in your world uh, in a place that sometimes feels all too dark. Lord, may I remember that it's never in our own strength um, and that we lean uh, into you, Jesus. May we lean into you again this morning collectively, being lit again to go into our workplaces, our homes and cities and shine and be the light of Christ. In your name, amen.